Slice the Podcast is brought to you by Vagaland, a different way to get a mortgage. Vagaland provides insight and advice so you can make informed decisions for the future of your family. Welcome to Slice, property made possible. We are a platform on a mission to reduce barriers to home ownership. This podcast is a safe space for our community to learn together and build the confidence required to start on their property journey. When you're ready to start, head along to slicedubai.com and sign up for your free dashboard. Welcome, Gigi. Thank it's you. A pleasure to have you on. It's great to be uh, here. Gigi, you're a broker at Beagleland. Yes. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and who, who you are, what you do? Yeah, so, yep, I am a financial advisor at Vega. Um, so I specialise in mortgages and insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been a, an advisor for almost 10 years. Um, I feel really old when I Ten. say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I work with... Um, People of um, for all sorts, from first home buyers to um, people who are buying their next home, um, if people who want to buy investment properties or start or build a property um, investment property portfolio, mm. um, to people who are just wanting to refinance or look at restructuring their mortgage um, to pay it off faster. Yeah, nice, nice. Could you, you want to tell us a little bit more about your own sort of personal <clears throat> experience with with property as well? Yeah, so um, I bought my first house when I was twenty two. Um, I think I'd saved about twenty thousand dollars, and that's when oh, houses wow. were like twenty-two. Yeah, that's young. That's young. That was a long time ago. <laughs> that's the ideal yeah, like, outcome. That like, is basically the sooner you can get yeah. it. But in saying yeah. that, um, I think the, the the price of the house was about two hundred thousand dollars. So yeah, you know, right. it was back in those days when um, the the debt to income ratio wasn't so high. Right. The um, debt to what? Yeah. No, I'm just going to do that and call you up and make you kind of try and demystify some of these concepts. Yeah, 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 we yeah. do it to ourselves as well. Okay. But do I need to do that now? Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. I shouldn't have done it. No, no. You're like, you're going to change what you decide to talk about. I can help yeah. if you want. But I guess it's just like how much your earning is in comparison yeah. to the price of everything, like yeah. the property and yeah. everything. Yeah. 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 So when um, I always make jokes when older people say, oh, when I was young, I had a mortgage and the interest rate was like 18% or 20%. It's like, yeah, that's really terrible. But mm. the the earnings, so what your income was relative to the level of debt that you would have needed to get to a house mm. was nowhere near as high um, as it is now. now yeah. Yeah. So um, even though the interest rates are lower, it's still um, yeah a big gap. So mm. um, yeah, well, the average house price, you know, in Auckland has been up to 1.5 or, yeah. 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 yeah, I think it's yeah. it's falling now, but, yeah, mm. if you just, at a basic level, consider that, yeah. that's, that's mm. a lot to come up with. Yeah, it is, totally. and it's way more than the average um, income. Yeah. For, for even for, you know, let a couple, let alone a single, yeah. an individual. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, so I, I bought that, it was a, I mean, you know, it was a real um, dunger, it wasn't anything Looks nice. Rough, yeah, yep, so, I, so I did it up and sold it and then I just, I kept doing that and met people, partners on the way and bought houses and kept making my way up, um, had a rental property at one point, but um, yeah, similar to you guys, I've had a love of property actually since um, a young age and yeah, grateful to be, have been, you know, been able to get into home ownership. What do you think kind of created that love for property? Um, I don't know. I guess just um, I started reading books, Robert Kiyosaki and, you know, those, yeah. those books um, after uni, and I just 
felt like it was something I wanted to get into. But then at the same time, I was saving so hard to buy my first house that um, I didn't have my, didn't go on OE. So I feel like I took compromise. that. Yeah, totally as a compromise. Yeah. And um, part of me wishes that I had, you know, gone and taken that um, opportunity at that time. But that if was you're just. If you bought with, you know, family or friends and shared the cost, you may, maybe could have gone maybe overseas. Could have well, yeah, could have had both. Could have had just <laughs> yeah. both worlds. So, yeah. like, if only I'd known you. Damn it. Awesome. And in terms of, um, I guess, my experience going with the broker, I. I went with the bank, but that's because I was working at the bank. Yeah. DJ, I believe you went to a broker. I did. Kind of, what was your consideration around uh, that? Yeah, like I said, when I was looking, I did have a friend who was already quite successful in property investing, and he introduced me to this sort of more, yeah, private broker, um, very small, small timer, mm. and uh, yeah, just had a really candid chat with me about, you know, um, here's like the forms you need to fill out, all the outgoings and and incomings and uh but that was quite overwhelming for me to to look at i'll, I'll admit um he was giving me mm. some degree of guidance but i still was kind of looking at it and i was like i don't yeah. even know what some of these outgoings mean yeah. i didn't even know that was an outcome yeah. um so maybe you can tell us a little bit about you know what are the benefits of going in with a broker or yeah. leveraging a broker and what that can look like yeah. yeah um just first to say amy i do have clients that work for banks and they still use brokers so <laughs> Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that, you know, that comes down to, so I always look at it as if when you're buying a house, um, you use a real estate professional who are professionals and, you know, they know their stuff around buying and selling houses. Mm. You'll use a lawyer who will advise you on all the legalities around buying and selling. Um, if you need any advice on accounting or structures, you go to an accountant. So you're using professionals right through the process. So why wouldn't you use someone who's a professional in finance? And basically, it's our job. We know, you know, the ins and outs that we do it every day. Um, so I feel like there's, yeah, to use a broker. Just to caveat that as well, we do have all those partners on our platform. So I have <laughs> built that out, and, and you guys are obviously one of those partners. So yeah. I am encouraging that broker, <laughs> that broker channel. But it's just, yeah, it's not what I ended up doing it's myself. But yeah, I definitely know some of the benefits and, and yeah, keen to share that with the, yeah. the audience as mm, well. Yeah. So um, yeah, so we, um, like I say, we, we work with all the banks. Um, if you go straight to your bank, you only kind of get their, um, their perspective or their take on what you could potentially borrow. Um, whereas we work with all the banks, we understand the banks, um, all their criteria, and we, we really, you know, we sit down with you and work out what is... What do you need? What, do you, what is it that you wanted to achieve, and um, and kind of fit you with the the best solution? Which is really comforting. I, I like that part of working with a broker. I feel like yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. kind of like really you know yeah. getting to the core of where you're at. Yeah, and you also yeah. don't have to pay most of the time. You yeah. don't have to pay a broker and until yeah. you yeah, know that transaction free. is complete, yeah. so you can get that free advice yeah. as well. Correct. So we are paid by the banks, um, and so generally uh, our service uh, doesn't cost a cent. So um, yeah, it's it's really a no-brainer for me, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it, it, the other job is, is for us is to make sure that we get our clients the best deal, and um, yeah, we have access to 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 be able to do that. And also, you know, I guess there's the element where yes, you support with the finances, but there's kind of some other factors that people might not be aware of, i.e., like how to structure the mm. loan, whether or not you have it, you know, on 
half of it on one interest rate and half of it yep. on another. Like you can now help with all somewhere. of those, all of those kind of different details yep. you can yeah. kind of support with. Yeah. And, and I think when you go to a bank direct, um, you know, the, we spend time getting to know you. When I first sit down with a client, like you say, I'll, you know, we really drill into, okay, where are you now? Where is it that you wanted to go? What are your, you know, your big financial goals? Yeah. Um, when, do you, when do you plan to retire? How do you plan to do that? Um, so we, we get a really, we become quite intimate with, you know, understanding what you guys, what, what you know, what you're all about and you're pretty so much therefore, naked at that point I like to call yeah. it you, you're very <laughs> no, vulnerable wait, wait till we get to the insurance and then I really know everything <laughs> about it there's no yeah. hiding here no, I know, know so much are. yeah <laughs> um so yeah it's um and so that enables us to to best make recommendations on how we think you should structure your loan and um yeah the banks I guess they don't you know that's not their job that's they're there to um, to provide you with a loan and their products, um, whereas we're there to really advise you on on what's the best um, solution for, Based for you your, individually. Yeah, yeah, and your circumstances. It's a lot more of a tailored right. approach. Yeah, in yeah. terms of kind of, because I've dived into that sort of loan structures piece a little bit, what are kind of some of the different structures that you might see? Yeah, so um, without getting too technical, um, there's, I mean, most people will look to fix their loan. Um, so basically that's just where you, um, so you can either fix your loan or float your loan, um, have a fixed rate or a float, floating rate. And um, I'm, I always recommend people look to break their loan into several portions and uh, fix individual portions at uh, different terms. Um, and the reason you do that is to uh, minimise the impact of a massive hike in repayment when your loan um, comes off, rolls off the fixed rate particularly in, an, in a rising interest rate environment. I.e. now. Yes, <laughs> yeah. so unfortunately, yeah, like, yeah. Oh God, I need to review my... Uh... Yeah. I have, uh, <laughs> just, to, just to share a little something with everyone, I have half of mine coming off uh, in Ooh, the next year. Fun. So I have budgeted for that, but yeah, I guess in what you're talking about there is I, I had split that loan into yeah. parts though, so one of them yeah. is fixed for a longer period and yeah. only half's coming off next year. Yeah. So um, imagine if that was your whole loan. Yeah. And I mean, you know, people have, have got fixed rates in the two and three percents, and they'll be coming off in you know a six to potentially seven percent. Um, and if their entire loan is exposed at that higher rate, it's it's going to really hurt. Yeah. So there will be um, potentially some pain next year. For a that lot of is people. where one thing we spoke about on on a previous episode as well, though, where if you have gone in with others, it can be easier to manage that because you're kind mm. of both getting you know you're you're managing a portion of the repayments. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But still, yeah, definitely. Definitely need to take into account, account your risk appetite, I guess, and yep. how much risk absolutely you're willing to right. take on. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, people ask me how long should I fix for. The, you know, I'm not... <laughs> crystal ball. <laughs> no, I don't have a crystal ball. I wish I did, but... Um, it, you had a whole lot of clients at the beginning of this, and then I feel like they've just dropped off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <They> suddenly vanished. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, you know... It always has to come down to your individual situation and like you said it's your appetite for risk and you know if it's a, we want to make sure that you can sleep at night and have that certainty that um, you know if, if interest rates do rise in the next year or two that um, and perhaps one of the partners is having a baby and not going to work that you know we're looking longer term so it's it's um we kind of it, it, it should be looked at more in, on an individual basis and depending on the Yeah, the I mean, at the end of the day, it all comes down to whether or not you can continue to afford to repay 
the load, right? right. And if you can right. continue to do that over the long term, you should see the benefits of that investment. Mm. The challenge is only ever really when you can no longer afford that and then yeah. and then what do you do? So kind of protecting mm. yourself by mm. establishing the loan or setting up that yeah. structure in the right way can, you know, is almost as important as what that interest rate even yeah. is. Oh yeah, 100%, yeah. 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 And, and on that, um, another, so there's the fixed loan and then another popular structure is um, a revolving credit or an offset loan. Um, different banks have different products. But essentially, you're making your money, so your income and your savings work for you, um, and minimising your interest costs. And um, depending on how you set it up, you can actually end up paying your loan off faster, which over a you know, 25, 30-year term will save you thousands, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest. So it's... Yeah, let's chat, Gigi. Let's chat. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm sweating Sign me up. I'm sweating a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Okay. So so did, you you to, yeah, did you fix your six oh, no, months? I fixed, my, my, my fix is good. It's three years. Okay. Um, it's safe. But you, yours came off not like not that, that long ago no. either, though, but probably just before yeah, no, it I kind did, of really started climbing. just a pretty nice rate yeah. um yeah. Well, just went a little bit gangbusters but yeah still i'm thinking still about, just yeah. thinking about that 30 year term yeah i'm thinking about how much <laughs> i could save and like yeah that I'm yeah not at this and point. and what i found is um i mean we understand the the is each bank has different products and you know if you go to your own bank they will obviously try and they'll sell their product but it may not be the best product or the best one mm. for you um, so we have all these options and, um, you know, like I say, we do it day in, day out. We understand how they work and I can very quickly tell whether, you know, what's going to work best for, for, for your circumstances. Yeah. 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 Awesome. I think jumping in back into that revolving credit, because I think we got, you know, a high level understanding of, yeah, you can reduce yep. your, your repayments and your interest over the long term. But can we break that down a little bit more? Is it sort of... Uh, about kind of putting your income into an account and then having that uh, reduce kind of the the costs that you have to pay based on the balance that you're holding there? Can yep. you kind of yep. crack into that a bit yep. more? So yeah, essentially revolving credit, I look at it like it's a bucket. So we take a, um, a portion of your, your lending and create this bucket, which is the revolving credit facility. Um, and the, the goal is that you... Is the bucket red or...? No. Yeah, I was actually thinking <laughs> of a red bucket. <laughs> It's always a red bucket. So this red bucket is, yeah, your, your, it's a part of your loan. And the, the goal is to fill the bucket up with as much money for be it your savings or your income on a, you know, fortnightly, monthly basis until, so you want the bucket to fill up as fast as possible and be full for as long as possible. Yeah. And while the, basically while the money's in there, it's reducing your loan balance so you're only paying interest on the, the actual balance that you owe. So if the bucket's this big and you've got, it's half full, you're only paying interest on the top half. We love that, we love that. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the balance in your bucket will be going up and down every day as you, your income comes in, you know, yeah. you, you spend. Um, but I like to set it, see it as like a savings goal. So, mm. and actually what happens is when you have like a bit of a target, you actually, you become more, you're encouraged to, and incentivized yeah. to keep, oh, I'm almost there, I'm almost there, my bucket's almost full. Yeah. So it becomes quite a good savings tool. Um, Not only for kind of reducing it in the short term, but kind mm. of your, it changes your mindset around yeah. repaying that loan. Yeah. Totally. So the, the goal is once you've filled up your bucket, um, if those, those funds could be used to pay for like a car or one of those bigger, you know, because we don't want you to go and buy a car on a personal loan or... No. It's, so the, the goal is to be thinking ahead about what are those milestones, those goal, financial goals that you want to achieve. Okay, 
Now we need to work towards those savings and then you either can go and pay with them in cash or you can tip out, tip out your bucket, pay off a lump sum of one of your fixed loans and then start filling the bucket up again. Right. So yeah. it's just a constant, um, you know, and this is one of the benefits of a broker is that, you know, we review your loan every year. So we're, you know, always kind of sitting down with you, um, looking at, okay, where are you now? What are your goals? What's your next goal? What's your next goal? And making sure that we're actually helping you move towards those, those goals. Yeah, and so you're actually, actually helping with that, yeah, that financial strategy yeah. in a broader sense. Yeah. Awesome. I wanted to take a little jump back because I feel like we've kind of jumped forward mm. in terms of structuring the line that's all really interesting and useful. Yeah, I got really um, excited. Sorry, no, no, that's no, my I, fault. I, I, I yeah. took some lessons from this that I didn't know before, so thank you. Um, but I'll give you my card. <laughs> we will chat. You'll get a call tomorrow. Um, but just jumping back to that um, something we've talked about quite a bit, it's come up in previous episodes, pre-approval. Oh um, yeah, we haven't unpacked this, but yeah, we just keep talking about term. it. We've saved it for you. It's a buzz <laughs> term. But if you could maybe, Gigi, yeah, tell us a little bit what that means and yeah, how that process yeah. works exactly. Yeah, so um, a pre-approval is probably one of the very first steps that you need to take uh, when you are looking to buy a house. So it's essentially um, the bank providing you with a piece of paper to say, in principle, we agree to lend you X amount, um, and that amount is based on your income and your expenses and your liabilities um, and how much deposit you have. Um, and so what they do, they, they assess you, um, and that's as an advisor, our job is to help facilitate that application process to present you in the best light to the bank. Uh, <laughs> and so they, do, they look at your, um, your income, they'll look at your job, your um, job stability, how long you've been in the role, um, your, where your, your deposit, where it's come from, how good a saver are you, um, they look at your credit history, all sorts of things, your account conduct, um, make sure that you don't have too many um, unarranged overdrafts and that type of thing. So Going it's to a, brunch every Saturday. Yeah, yeah. The, the smashed... Yeah. Um, Red flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That used to be the case, but they actually changed, they relaxed the rules um, oh. yeah, that was in July. Yeah. Earlier this year, yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. so um, it's, yeah, it's, it's made lending um, a lot easier. But um, so now the banks don't need to necessarily go line by line through your last three months bank statements. They um, they will look for account conduct, so to make sure that you're actually you know paying your bills on time. Um, but now when you put an application together, um, you can specify well, your, the expenses that you can um, declare are based on what you intend your expenditure to be. Yeah, to be and I, I think that's fair as Which well is, because yeah, there's, there's different types of spenders. We've kind of touched on this, but um, you know. Gina was quite a, an avid saver from an early age. I'm more of an increase my income and then I'll, you know, and then therefore I can yeah. spend more. Yeah. So I feel so, for some people it can be, like for me, I was like, oh, I'm earning, you know, a good salary. I need to kind of move my money into an investment. Yeah. And so yeah. it's not that I can't Make afford it that. Good. It's just that, yeah, for me, the way I even organise my bank balances is I move money out of my spending account into other accounts, so that out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. So, like, you can afford when you know you've got those mortgage payments and they're being deducted, you can afford it. Mm. It's just that, you know, if you're not paying it, then maybe you do go out for brunch and, you know, yeah. wines on Waiheke every once in a while. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, there's a period often of your life before you buy the house where you might have a bit more disposable income and you enjoy that time, and that's, yeah, you know, totally. that's fine. Why, if, you know, if you don't have a... $5,000 a monthly mortgage, 
payment to make, then buy why the, shouldn't you buy their you know, pair of shoes? No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so controversial. <laughs> no, no, it's about That's balance though, so, and I think, yeah. it, and just like being fair with saying, hey, you know, you can't, you can't tell someone that they can't do better or like start mm. being, you know, start investing. Mm -hmm. You're almost gonna, it's like a barrier to, to helping people move into investment. Mm. If you don't, if you just say, oh, well you spent all that, but it, you but you spent it on things that you don't need, yeah. which clearly you can go without that, you know, the mortgage repayments will still be met. Mm. Like, yeah. so I think it's really good that they relaxed that. Yeah, oh yeah, made a big difference. Made our job a lot easier, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Also, that just your line item. Then you're then you're yeah. moving into what accountant was, territory. Yeah. You went to KFC on Saturday the thirtieth. <laughs> yeah. Why? I mean, when I, was going, when I was going through it, it was like, yeah, well, we've had like a credit card, for example, which is a different scenario. But like things like that, just all adds up. You just wouldn't think it would Im mm. impact your ability yeah. to borrow yeah. so drastically. Yeah, like, it the does. ratio. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And a lot, I mean, something we've, I've really seen explode recently is the use of the buy now, pay later scheme. Mm. So, um, you know, your afterpays. Yeah, it's a trap. They, they also, yeah, it, oh, <laughs> it's, just, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, all those little things. So, you know, any student loans, personal loans, credit cards, they all impact your, your borrowing capacity. So, yeah. um, and, you know, when it comes to pre approvals, um, I always recommend people to come and have a chat with, um, you know, an advisor in advance of them buying a home, even if they're not quite ready or there on the deposit. Sit down, have a chat, figure out what you actually need to do, get yourself approval ready, even if it's just cleaning up your accounts for three months. Yeah. Especially if you've got kind of a small deposit, so you're considered a bit higher risk from the bank's perspective. Um, you can do yourself wonders just, yeah, rearranging a few things, sorting out your accounts and how the flow of money you know yeah, so that's so actually kind of how we've you. positioned it um, on the slice platform. We sort of say step one is kind of understand what that buying journey is because it's so mm. overwhelming that yeah. you kind of want to actually just be like, okay, so there's six steps. That's what we've we've picked yep. it back to. Yeah. Um, but just getting that familiarity and then it's looking at your ingoings and outgoings and that those finances. Mm. So if they can engage with you if they need that support to kind of move into that then yeah, that's totally. one of the the best places to start and so, also yeah, then yeah. because of the pre-approval process like uh, that application actually goes through you know and and credit assessors do do come into play mm. being able to actually have an understanding before you kind of go through the formalities yeah. is super helpful oh yeah yeah in a, in a big way and like i said we understand not all banks are created equal. They uh, they do look at things differently. So um, I mean, you know, we understand all different kind of um, little, you know, little bits and pieces that the banks are, maybe one bank cares about, the other doesn't. So um, yeah, we can kind of find a lender that best suits each individual. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Awesome. Thanks again, Gigi. No, thanks, guys. <laughs> that was fun. Thank you for joining our community. Buying property isn't easy, but listening in will get you one step closer on your journey. Please leave an Apple or Spotify review and provide feedback so we can improve your experience. Join our Facebook group, A Safe Space to Learn Together, or follow us on Instagram at slash to buy. If you have any questions or topics you would like us to touch on, you can email us at hello at slash to buy.com. A quick reminder, Slice the Podcast does not provide personalised investment advice. We are not acting as financial advisors or taking into account your circumstances. To get personalised advice, join us at slicetobuy.com and engage with our partners who can act as your financial advisor or lawyer and support you with your specific needs.